Thank you. Welcome to our Football Coaches Show for the week, this short week for the Cornhuskers as they get set to host the Iowa Hawkeyes in the annual Heroes game on Friday at 11 a.m. A little early start for that one for the Big Red. Nebraska coming off that heartbreaking game Saturday night in Madison, dropping an overtime game to the, the Badgers 24-17. to Defensive line coach Terrence Knighton is going to be with us for the full hour tonight if you want to Get a, a comment or question to Coach Knighton. Our text line is open and available for you at 402-413-2400. So fire off some texts and we'll get them. The Huskers got some huge news today in a lot of ways uh, as Ty Robinson met with the media today and said that he is going to take advantage of his COVID year and come back next year. It would be his sixth year in college. And I'm sure Coach Knighton, who did, uh, did tweet out a, a funny gif earlier today, uh, had to really like that news uh, that Big Ty was going to come back and, and play for the Cornhuskers for one more year. So a little bit surprised I was. We'll see what the coach has to say about that uh, here in just a few minutes when we talk about getting big number nine to come back for another year. And, boy, that's, that's like getting just a huge recruiting win here as we get ready to hit the, the height of recruiting season. We're about a month away. We're inside of a month, by the way, uh, from the signing day. The National Signing Day is on the 20th of December. What will happen for the Husker coaches is they'll coach this game with Iowa on Friday and then Monday uh, hit the road. They'll be out and about, probably a lot of them scattering across the country to go visit high schools, visit young men who have committed to Nebraska or young men that Nebraska is still in on. This Husker staff did such a tremendous job in the spring and summer planting the seeds for this recruiting class. They already have 25, 26 commitments for the upcoming class. Again, most of them will sign on December the 20th. But you got to kind of stay after these guys. You're going to have to stay after them and make sure they're solid in their commitment to you. There will be, there always are, there will be twists and turns in the recruiting game between now and December the 20th with guys who maybe have uh, will back out of the commitment and go somewhere else, and other guys who are maybe committed to other schools may back out and come to Nebraska. So it kind of works both ways. But it will be a busy couple weeks for the staff, and hopefully the staff is also mixing in bowl prep. Uh, that's the hope. That's the plan. That's the the uh, the desire for everybody to uh, get uh, a bowl-eligible victory on Friday against Iowa and then have to get ready for some postseason play coming up in December. Uh, between the week between Christmas and New Year's. So hopefully that's the plan. But it'll be a busy month for the coaches. And then you add into the mix the uh, transfer portal, which starts on December the 4th, is when the portal opens up for about a 30-day period of time. That even makes it uh, that much more uh, uh, interesting time in the lives of these coaches coming up in the month of December. But uh, Coach Knighton joins us now. It's our last football show for the season. We saved the best for last. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. How are you? I'm doing great. You had a good day today. Great day. Great news. Uh, Tell me, I'm sure you've had numerous conversations with Ty about where he wanted to go. Take me through all of that. What was that like? Well, honestly, it's been a, you know, a decision that he's been trying to make the whole year. Um, Obviously coming off of surgery, didn't do spring ball, um, didn't do the off-season workout. So um, you heard him mention in his interview, like right now, you know, where he is body-wise, he's about like week three, week four compared to other guys who, you know, did all the spring ball and those type of things. So he's just starting to get into a good rhythm. And you can tell by his play the past few weeks that he's finally comfortable where he is. And um, he's a guy, 
you know, I'm not surprised by his decision because he wants to be perfect in everything he does, and he wants to make sure that he's ready for the next level and wants to be a dominant player, you know, wherever he's playing. So, um, you know, it's a tribute to him to want to come back and, you know, believing in Coach Rule, believing in Coach White, and believing in myself that we can get him to where he wants to be as a professional. How's he been as kind of a mentor to some of these young guys, the Linharts, the Prince Wells, the Rileys? How's he been in that, helping those guys learn how to play in this le- at this level? Yeah, and I think, you know, for me, at times, that's more important sometimes than who the coach is as far as who you have as a leadership, as far as who you have as leadership in the room. And um, for him to be a guy who's played a lot of football and to see how hard he works, how hard he prepares, um, whenever I go into the D-line room, he's always in there watching film and bringing young guys with him. So, you know, uh, their progress, you know, is a tribute to him and the rest of the leaders in the room. How, you know, how quickly they've been able to adjust to the college football speed and, you know, the physicality of the Big Ten and those type of things. And, um, you know, they were excited he's coming back. And, um, you know, obviously he believes in the process and what Coach Rule is preaching. And, you know, he wants to be a part of the turnaround. I was just talking to the folks about how we're about to jump into recruiting season, signing days in less than a month. This is like getting a big signing to get him back for one more year, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we got a five-star <laughs> out of the portal. <laughs> right. right. So, you know, we got a, we got a one-year rental with Ty. But, no, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. And like I said, his leadership and um, just a guy who believes in the system and, you know, believes in the coaching and, um, you know, having those big – those big guys come back, him and Nash in the middle, man, it's it's obviously a, a testament to what Coach Rule has done and those guys believing in it. All right, you mentioned Nash. Talk about the season that he has had and how much growth have you seen in Nash's play since you got on campus about a year ago. I think with Nash, is just the more football he's played, the better he gets. And, um, you know, he was a rotational guy last year, and, you know, we put the crown in his ha- on his head this year, and he's been able to go out there and – you know, wearing the number zero, being the nose tackle, and being in the middle of the defense, you know, he's taken that and run with it. And, um, you know, his leadership has picked up in the room. Um, you know, like I said before in the past, you know, him being a big guy, you think he's a big two-gapper, but he's shown his athleticism. You know, having four or five sacks this year so far, showing that he's versatile and can do different things. Um, and he's starting to grow more belief in himself. And, um, you know, he's a guy, when I first got here, I told him, I was like, hey, you're a pro. And, you know, he's taken that and run with it, and he truly believes that now. How much pride? You have to have a lot of pride in seeing those, both he and Ty getting those single-digit numbers. Yeah, man, I was excited. and I, I knew it was coming for Nash, and I was praying that he would get zero. I was like, it would be nothing better than the biggest guy in the room wearing zero <laughs> and running out there and being a zero technique. And, um, you know, it just, it just goes to show that their teammates believe in them because that was something the players decided. And their teammates believe in them and um, – you know, with that, you know, comes more responsibility. And I always tell those guys with great, with great ability requires great responsibility. So those guys take that to heart. What's your room like? You and I talked about this in June. Uh, just take us, what's the personality of the group when you just get them? It's just you and them. It's not the entire defense or the entire team. It's just your room. Our room is like the barbershop. You know, it's like the barbershop slash man cave. Um, we have a great time in there. We have a lot of great personalities in the room. We tell a lot of great stories that can't leave the room. Um, the guys are just comfortable being around each other. And, um, you know, that's the type of environment I wanted to create in the room where, you know, we're all honest with each other, we're all hard on each other. But when it comes to football, it's a no-nonsense thing. But, um, you know, I want them very comfortable 
with being themselves and being comfortable around each other, you know, because guys come from different places. And uh, everyone, you know, during camp got up and spoke about their story, where they came from. And I think that brought our group closer together. A few weeks ago, I think you guys went to an escape room. What yes. was that like? It was awesome because my group won, right? <laughs> so um, it was. we do a lot of different things, you know, to build that brotherhood. And uh, we separated the room into three teams. So everyone's yapping back and forth about who's smarter, who's going to figure it out, who has a better strategy. And they obviously still haven't learned that, you know, I'm going to win no matter what. <laughs> but uh, And it's funny because our group had the hardest room. So um, – it was actually Herbix. He was the captain of the team, and he picked the team, and I was actually like a third-round pick. But, um, you know, our team was victorious, and uh, I think Nash's team is still trying to figure out how to get out of there because they didn't finish yet. So They didn't finish? They didn't finish. Because they give you a certain time, right? They give you, yeah, he had 60 minutes. Our group won by like 10 seconds. And Nash's group is still, I think, they're still trapped in the room. So we got to go <laughs> no, figure No, I saw them Saturday. They're, okay. they're out. They, they, finally, they finally got out. Uh, boy, Saturday was tough, right? I mean, I, I could just sense when I came in the locker room after the game, I could just sense the pain. I know everybody put so much into that game, and those are the ones that hurt the most, don't they? Absolutely. And, you know, you feel bad for the players because you see how much work they put into it, and you see the team changing, and they're starting to understand, like, why we're losing the games and the things that we have to do differently. But the great part about it is they came in the next day ready, like, hey, coach, what do we got to do to be Iowa? So that's the big thing right now. And you've heard them all season and Coach talking about what's next, having the what's next mentality. And um, I think that allows us to go out each week and have a chance to win is the fact that we focused on who we have to focus on and we worry about going 1-0. We can't worry about last week or a future opponent. Right now it's all about being Iowa, and that's the most important thing in the building. You mentioned Nash's sacks. Jamari's done a great job in that category as well. I know he's bounced from – the Jack position up to, to being up with your group in there. Tell me about the season that Jamari's had. Well, Jamari, he's a super talented kid. He's very smart. Um, he can line up anywhere on the D-line because he's strong enough to do it, quick enough to do it. Um, and the, I think the biggest thing with him was the personality that he brought to our room. He, he, he brings a ruggedness, a different type of mentality than Ty and Nash. And um, it's rubbed off with the room, and he's comfortable in the room. He's comfortable playing with his hand in the dirt. And you can tell by how he's playing. He's playing fast. He's confident right now. And obviously when you got guys like Cam Linhart in the room and Chief Borders and those other guys, they push. You know, it pushes the room competition-wise. So all those guys go out there and compete. But Jamari's just added a whole different element to our room where, you know, you don't know whether to count him as a linebacker or a D lineman because he's so versatile and he brings a – a different type of ruggedness and toughness to our room. Contact folks, 811, two days before you dig to protect your underground utilities and yourself. It's free, it's easy, it's the law. Terrence Knighton with us for the full hour. It's our final football show during the regular season for Husker football. We, we're going to have one in the postseason too, so we'll, we'll just uh, plan on that That's coming right. up in, in December. You had you mentioned Cam. You had Cam in the spring. You had Prince Will in the, in the spring. You did not have Riley in the right. spring, and yet there he is playing early in the season. That's impressive that a guy got here and wasn't part of all those workouts in the spring. Mm-hmm. How did he do it? Well, honestly, it's his preparation, right? It's his family, the way they've done things. Um, he comes from a great family. And when I first met him and went to his home, I looked at him. I said, oh, this kid's going to be ready. You know what I mean? So his body was ready. He had the right mentality. He had the right work ethic. And the first day he came in, he knew the playbook. Um, and that's the... That's the easiest way to get on the field as a freshman and know what to do, 
right? And that's where a lot of guys separate themselves as a freshman. And that's one thing he did. He came in, had a great body weight, um, came in in shape, and knew the playbook. So it was easy for him to transition to do that. You just got to be licking your chops thinking about that you get him and Princewell and Cam for a couple more years. Yeah, and it's funny because all those guys are like different type of players. But, you know, I just take pride in just, you know, not trying to make everyone the same and I allow them to be themselves and just try to teach them how to be the best Cam he can be and the best Prince Will he can be. And, um, you know, that, that group has grown closer and closer and that freshman class is going to be a special group. And, you know, I always, sometimes at practice, I look out there and I'm like, man, there's three freshmen out there. And then, you know, one day they're all going to be grown men. So it's going to happen fast, but I'm, I'm proud of the progress they've made. And, and Terrence, I, Coach Rule has said several times, he goes, we got some guys on the D-line you're not, none of you are seeing yet because they're redshirt and they're sitting out this year. You got some depth. Absolutely. You got Sua, you got Vincent Carroll, you got Leslie Black, you got Connor. We got a bunch of young guys, Kai Wallen, and obviously James who, you know, popped up on the radar that we've seen. It's just got a lot of young guys right now just working, 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 waiting to get their opportunity. And uh, they get to go against our offensive line each week, and it's a physical practice. And, um, you know, those guys are up watching film. They're watching the opponent as if they're playing. And like I said, that's just, you know, the culture that Coach Rule has, you know, instilled in the program. And um, just seeing guys like Ty and Nash do those things, those young guys just follow everything they do. But we got a lot of depth. And the one thing I tell those young guys, I say, hey, once the season's over, there's no more depth charts. So it's back to competition. And, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys change their bodies over the offseason. I was going to ask you, how do you keep those guys motivated that aren't playing right now? How, how, how do you I mean, sure, do you pull them aside every now and then go, hey, I'm keeping my eye on you, keep keep putting in the work? Honestly, I, it goes back to the leadership in the room. It's a standard that we have. It's a standard that Coach Rule has. And those, you know, he does, a, he does a good job of talking about, like, you know, having guys that have red-shirted and then coming in there next year and being starters, right? So... You know, it's a process that we believe in, and, you know, they understand that they're helping the team right now with what they're doing, so they take that very serious. So we have a lot of good young guys that are level-headed and understand that they're helping the team, and uh, they're just waiting for their shot. Very good. I see some texts coming in. We'll get to those in the next segment. If you want to uh, fire a question that for me to pass on to Coach Knighton, 402-413-2400. That is our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. They are your trusted auto partner, 20 brands, 20 convenient Sales and service locations. We're making Carmine on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. A lot more with Coach Knighton coming up. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest's premier John Deere dealers, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. Terrence Knighton with us, our final regular season football show of the week. Huskers set to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes Friday at 11 a.m. here at Memorial Stadium. I want to ask you about the sack man, James Williams. <laughs> All of a sudden, Coach, I don't even remember what game it was. I'm like, Who's 90? Where, where, where did this 90 guy come from? He's making plays all over the field. You guys were holding him back. Right. Yeah, James James came to the camp. We had two D linemen there. Um, this summer? Yes, this summer. He was the he was at post-grad, and we had two guys. We worked him out. He tested well. We put him through the drills. I'm like, Coach, this guy got something. And Coach Rule had, came over and watched him. You know, he's a D-line guy. Came over and watched him and said, hey, let's – Get more information on him, and you know, you know, he qualified. He was ready to go, and he started off in camp. And we knew he had the ability to rush the passer. And you kind of at times think like, okay, this is not like 
No, he keeps getting sacks in practice. Keep getting sacks in practice. You're like, all right. One day we're going to give him a shot, and we gave him a shot, and he ran with it. And, um, you know, one thing I learned, and Evan Cooper mentioned all the time, he was like, you know, T-Night, guys that get sacks just know how to get sacks, man. And um, he's a guy that I think, like, in high school had, like, over 25 sacks or something like that. And, um, you know, he has opportunity. He showed what he can do. And, you know, we just decided that, you know, he's a guy that, you know, it's going to get bigger, faster, stronger. And, you know, and one day when we're hoist, hoisting that trophy, he's going to be a 270-pound senior first-round draft pick one day. And, um, you know, you know, he believes in the process. And, you know, we know we're going to get from him. And, you know, we're excited about his future. Yeah, Coach mentioned yesterday he's at the four-game limit. You're going to go ahead and put the red shirt on him for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. And you can see there's there's – that frame will hold more weight, won't it? It looks like he's pretty thin now. He'll be able to bulk up. Absolutely, and he gets to see other guys like Kai Wallen, who got here and was 220 pounds, and you look at Kai now, he's walking around 260 and ready to go. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of competition next year for those DNs, and, you know, it's going to be an interesting offseason to see who, you know, takes that next step. All right, Andrew says, uh, Coach, we appear to get really good pressure against Wisconsin from our front, but had a hard time getting that quarterback to the ground. Was he just that good? What your thoughts about trying to cover up that quarterback last Saturday? Well, he, he's a veteran quarterback. He's savvy in the pocket. Um, you know, having a young group and an experienced group, they have to understand that when you're going against quarterbacks like that, you got to shoot your shot. And at times, guys are just too careful, not wanting to get out the pocket. But uh, he's a, he was a great athlete. And like I say, he was an older guy, you know, seen a lot of football, understands how to move around the pocket. And, you know, he did a great job. But, uh, you know, it's one thing, you know, it's one of the things that this year our guys will learn from and that we'll definitely improve on. And, um, you'll see a lot better results in that moving forward. And, and Tonga Vailoa is a little bit similar to that the week before. Veteran guy that kind of knows how to move his, around in the pocket. Correct. And it's something, you know, we'll definitely uh, watch during the offseason and make sure we get better at because that's college football now. You know, you don't, you don't have any more Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's who, you know, stand in the pocket and, you know, do those type of things. You know, everybody has athletes at quarterback, so it's definitely something we look to improve on. Andrew, thanks for the uh, the text, John in Omaha for you, Coach. While listening to the Kate for the Cadence, can you explain what kind of communication also goes on between the line? Thanks and good luck on Friday. Go Big Red. Well, for us, we we try we key the ball. These quarterbacks are real savvy. They can clap. They can do fake cadences. The offensive line can do fake cadences. So we just key the ball and you know keep it simple. And um, you know at times you can get a jump on certain guys. You can pick up on cadences, but. You know, offenses are so good now, and the quarterbacks are really crafty. And, um, you know, they're smart, and they understand the, the best way to be successful in offense is to slow down the front. So we get different cadences and different different things each week. So we just got to key the ball and, you know, let that handle itself. How much the noises for your side of the football is bigger here? And you want it to be, right? You want this, the home crowd to make the noise for the offense. Do you talk to your guys at all about trying to slow down, guys? I know you want to rev up and go after him, but we got to keep stay disciplined. No, honestly, I don't slow him down. We're, we're downhill, and um, you know, coach will probably get on me for saying this, but a lot of great passers jump offside sometimes. Sometimes they try to get the jump, but I want our guys to be aggressive up front. I want them to play downhill. We, you know, we play the we play the run on the way to the quarterback. That's our mindset. So we're super aggressive. And I never want to slow down the front. Very good. Seatbelt use saves lives and prevents injuries. Nearly 15,000 lives saved per year. Buckle up. This message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. 
Andy in our YouTube chat room, you'll like this one, wants to know your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Mom's mac and cheese. Mom's <laughs> mac and cheese. That's easy. Um, shout out to mom. Um, best mac and cheese in the world. There's a lot of good mac and cheese out there, but just something about mom's mac and cheese. And, you know, she usually makes a big pan for the family, and I usually get my own pan. And, you know, it's just something special we share. So, you know, looking forward to mom's mac and cheese. And you don't sure. even know what's all in it. Nope, I don't need to know. I know how it tastes. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right, uh, another text question for you. Coach, can you give us an update on Sua and Jason? So Jason has moved to the offensive line. You lost him. Lost him to the offensive line. And he was obviously a guy that when we were recruiting, we knew he had the ability to play both. And, you know, losing a lot of older guys on the offensive line compared to the D-line, you know, he's going to help us on that side. And he, he was open to it, and he's excited about it. He's going to be a great player. And Sua is the same way. He's, I mean, he, we didn't lose him to the O-line, but you know, he's a young guy um, who's played a little bit this year, so he understands what it's going to take for him this offseason. But Sua's going to be a heck of a player. He's twitchy. He can rush the pass rusher naturally. Um, but he's going he's gonna to change his body this offseason, get stronger, you know, get comfortable with the game, and you know, hopefully get him out of his little shy shell because he's a, he's a laid-back, quiet guy, and you know, I want to be a little bit more boisterous like his position coach. So. <laughs> Very good. Jeff in Omaha for you. Hey, Coach, does your group spend more time working on your own game during a game week or watching opponent film preparing for that week's offense? Oh, we have this saying. We say nameless and faceless souls, and – you know, doesn't matter really who we're going against. Obviously, you have to understand how a team is trying to attack you. But as long as we're, you know, honing in our own skills, making sure we're playing with great technique, making sure we're doing the right things pass rush-wise, um, we spend a lot of time on our craft and make sure we're playing the right way and we're mentally ready. But we do also have to have that balance where we understand how a team is going to attack us. And we do watch the tape. But most of the time, we can, over, we can overcompensate for things with how we play. Gavin in our chat room just says, Coach, how, was, how has practice been this week? And then I'll add on to that the challenge of playing on a shortened week like you're having to do. Um, no, our guys are prepared for anything. And, you know, Coach has mentioned that because he's always talking about guys about, you know, because guys want to play in the NFL and just imagine playing on a Sunday and having to turn back and play on a Thursday. So, you know, our guys always have the right mentality. And, um, you know, this week has been like any other week. It's been a little tricky with the schedule because of Thanksgiving and, you know, it being a short week, but our guys have been focused all week, and you know we're out there today in full pads, so they're ready to go. Has your room been what you would call a good practice group to deal Abs- with? Absolutely, that's that's one thing they know. You know, practice is everything for us. You know, if we if we don't practice well, we won't play well. So our guys have really bought into that, and we take practice very seriously. So a lot, you know, when you got Blaze and Ty and Nash and those guys leading the way, and they attack the field every day in practice. You know, it feeds off to the rest of the group. Chris, this is a good one. Chris and Scott's Bluff. Coach, do you have aspirations to one day be a defensive coordinator? Honestly, I'm just I'm a firm believer in being where my feet are, and I enjoy being in the D-line room. Um, and I think Coach White and Coach, uh, Coach Rule kind of missed that. You know, when I watch them, they miss having their own position group. So for me, I just right now I want to, you know, be the best D-line coach I can be for my guys, and I love being in the locker room with those guys. I love – being in the position room with those guys. So, for me, just trying to be the best D-line coach I could be. Fantastic. Chris also said, he goes, Greg, can you mention it's my grandpa's birthday is 86, name's Robert. Robert, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Robert. That's fantastic. Crypto King in our chat room wants to know, who has inspired you the most in your life? My mom and my grandma and my aunt. 
the three most important people in my life, three women, they've raised me. Um, you know, I can call them for anything to this day. Um, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest son. I'm her, my aunt's first, you know, nephew. I'm my grandmother's first grandchild. And I, you know, I have a special relationship with those three women in my life. And um, I shared that with the D-line. And, you know, Coach Rue is always talking about that, too, as well, as how important women are in a lot of guys' lives. So, um, yeah, shout out to my mom, my grandma, my auntie. Those are the most important people in my life. That's great. Evan Cooper next in that line? Evan Cooper, no, he's, he's, right? he's a little further down the list. The next person on the list is probably Mason Goldman. That's my next Mason favorite guy. Goldman. That's my guy. That's my favorite guy. On the Tell team. me about Mason. He's doing great. Mason's doing great. Um, you know, he's recovering from his surgery, yep. had issues with his back. But Mason's going to be a guy, when he gets back healthy, he's going to surprise a lot of people. Start off on the O-line. I tell him all the time I'm a bad coach because he shouldn't have been in the O-line room because he's, he's going to be a hell of a D-lineman. There's another I'm, name I'm for everybody. I'm excited about him, local guy. Yeah. Super excited about him, man. And uh, shout-out Mason. He's my favorite guy, so I got to make sure oh, he knows that. That's my favorite that's guy. That's great. I know this kid isn't in your room, but I have not asked any of the other coaches, can you update us on Maverick? Because Maverick got hurt in August. How's he doing? He's he's doing great. He's walking around. He's you know has great energy. He's smiling. He's more talkative than he's been. So, like I said, when you have injured guys, especially young guys, you got to make sure they're in good spirits because at times they can fall through the cracks. But uh, we do a good job of loving those guys up, making sure they're still preparing as if they're playing. And um, you know he's he's going to be a great player and he's doing well in school. A 4.0 guy. Wow. You know what I mean? And. Uh, Shout out to Elkhorn South tonight. I know that's yeah. just, they got a big game tonight. So, um, you know, Ashton Murphy out there, our guy. So, you know, looking forward to seeing that. Maverick did some good things in the spring game. And I know that's the only chance really to see him publicly. He, I think he's got a chance to be a good player. Absolutely. And he had big shoes to fill. But, um, yeah. you know, he's definitely going to do it. And he has the right mindset. And he has the right toughness that we look for in young guys. And uh, he came in right away, physical guy, ready to go. Um, had his mind right. He's very serious about everything that he does. So um, good bloodlines. Absolutely, Dad was a good player. Absolutely, a great player. Great player. And um, bad team, Cowboys. That's a bad team. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not a big Cowboy fan, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, but like I said, he's you know he's going to create his own mark here in the university in the program, and I'm excited to see what he does and how his his career flourishes. Yeah, Danny, I love you. Uh, you're Dallas Cowboy. I still, <laughs> I still love you. Speaking of uh, the NFL time for this week's Alumni Hall, Husker alumni will pull off a guy still playing in the National Football League, Malik Collins. Leviano goes shotgun. 30 seconds left in the half. Snap back to Leviano. Looking, being rushed. Gets hit sack by Malik Collins. Malik Collins with a sack back at the 45-yard line. Malik playing for the Houston Texans this year, who are having a pretty good football season. They are really doing some nice things. Looking for gifts for the ultimate Husker fans on your list? Your one-stop shop is Alumni Hall. Find Alumni Hall in downtown Lincoln, the South Point Pavilion, or shop online at alumnihall.com. Happy holidays and go Huskers from your friends at Alumni Hall. A lot of great texts, folks. Keep them coming. 402-413-2400. We're back with more of a coach next. Maintain your herd's condition throughout the winter with Central Valley Ag's Power Cow Tubs. Register to win two 250-pound CVA Power Cow Tubs when you visit cvacoop.com. Central Valley Ag. They are the official co-op of Husker Nation. Welcome back to our football show for the week, Terrence Knighton. We saved the best for last, our last regular season show tonight. Huskers will take on the Hawkeyes. I will get to some questions about Iowa for you before the show is over, but we're getting a lot of great texts for you. Dr. J in Kearney says, 
Coach, what went into your decision to go to Temple, and what did you intend to do with your criminal justice degree? Honestly, uh, at the time, it was Temple or Buffalo. I decided to be in Philadelphia instead of upstate New York, so that went into my decision. And then uh, for criminal justice, I wanted to be a homicide detective. Uh, I wanted to come from a rough neighborhood and a big fan of First 48, and I wanted to you know, help improve my community and do those type of things or, you know, do whatever I can just to help with, you know, uh, a lot of unsolved mysteries and things like that. I was into that growing up, you know, watching TV with my grandma. So I was always into stuff like that. Being a detective, those type of things always interest me. What's it been like for you coaching in this league? And and was the Big Ten, has it been kind of what you thought it would be? Absolutely. Physical play, uh, really good offensive lines, Smart quarterbacks that make really good decisions, um, and you you got to bring it every week. You know you 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 never know who's going to win the game. You see, you know schools like Northwestern where they're struggling for a bit, and now they're bowl eligible, right? So they just flip it around. So you know it's a week to week league, and it reminds me of the NFL. You know uh, where you got to bring your hard hat every every week. So that's why it's so important for us to worry about going one and zero each week and not seeing the big picture. But um. The fan bases have been amazing. The stadiums, um, everything I thought it would be, it was amazing to see. This week, Iowa that probably fits the bill. What you just said, mm-hmm. big physical offensive line. People have poked fun at their offense for not scoring, but they seem to do what they do, and they're sitting here at nine and two. Right. They they find ways to win. They find ways to win, and they understand what it's going to take for them to win. And they've been doing it for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's a great program who's won for a long time. But obviously, you know, it being a big rivalry and, you know, them being right over the border, you know, it's an important game for Nebraska and our fan base this week. So we're, you know, our guys, we're going to put our best product out there and they're ready to go. Rivalry game. I mean, those are kind of cool parts of college football, right? right? Having a rivalry. Absolutely. And uh, I've never been a part of one before as a player. Um, and the NFL, you know, they're fake bit. rivalries unless it's the Cowboys, Redskins, something like that. But um, Commanders. Commanders. Well, when I was playing Redskins. <laughs> but, um, I'm not used to it yet either. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to, you know, the level of physicality, you know, um, going up. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to be in the part of it. And, you know, when I got the job here, that's the first thing that people mentioned, make sure we beat Iowa. So, it's a real thing, and I'm excited to be a part of it. The, this league is also, and it's, t- it's taken a lot of us time, Terrence, to get used to it because we were in the Big 12, and now we're in the Big 10. These trophy games mean a lot to kids. And last year, we won the game in Iowa. And to see our kids race across the field and go grab the trophy, then you're like, oh, okay, I think this is kind of a big deal. Right, and it's a trophy I see every day coming sitting into the, the building. Office. It's sitting right there in the front. So, um, you know, I understand how important it is to the program and – you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a heck of a day, and, you know, it's a great holiday, and it's going to be a lot of families in town, a lot of people here to see the game, and, you know, I would, I would like to see that trophy to stay where it is, so I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Coach Ferentz at Iowa, offensive line guy. He coached offensive line in the NFL before he became Iowa's head coach, and they put a lot of guys in the league from that offensive line. What do they teach? What is their style as an offensive line? When you watch them, they're very disciplined. They work well together. They're physical in the run game. They finish plays, and we're going to have to match and exceed their physicality. And we understand it's a team that wants to run the ball. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes, so we definitely have to be the aggressor.
Very, very good. All right, folks, Dorothy Lynch, home style, light and lean, dressing, endless flavorabilities. Keep those texts coming, 402-413-2400. We need to fi- get our final break in. We're back with some more thoughts from the coach coming up. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres. They are the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, Acres Solutions for every field. I want to ask you about Blaze Gunnerson. There's a guy that I kind of skipped over as I was going through your room a little bit. I felt so bad for Blaze the last couple of years because he just kept getting hurt, getting injured. But when he's out there, he makes things happen. Your thoughts about him? Absolutely. He's a hard-nosed guy. He gives everything he's got. Um, he practices, you know, at, at the – Top speed he can, everything he does, he just tries to be a perfectionist. And um, one of the leaders in the room, um, obviously a guy that leads by example, uh, been around here for a while and shows guys how to prepare. And I think he's a guy who's going to be a really good coach one day. And um, he's a guy at times where I'll, you know, when coaches like, hey, let the players run to me, and he's the guy. He's the guy that will get up in the front and, you know, it almost sounds like I'm doing it. So I just sit back there and let him do it. But um, he's a guy – you know, I'm looking forward to seeing play this week, being the Iowa kid and, you know, um, understanding the rivalry. He's a guy who's definitely juiced up this week. I'm sure he will be. Jessica, a few weeks ago in our Cornhusker conversation, sat down with Cam Lenhart, and everybody calls him an old soul. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? And why, why is he called that? Because, I mean, the way he carries himself, um, he almost has a professional mindset in everything he does. He's an engineering major. He's a sharp kid. And... Um, you know, meeting Cam's mom, you understand the, why he is how he is. And, you know, she's really hard on him. And, um, you know, he just does everything the right way. He's always been a kid who's never been in trouble, uh, works really hard for everything that he has. And, um, you know, he has a hardworking mom, and you can, you can tell by the way Cam is. Good. Text coming in for you, Coach. He says, please ask Coach how excited it is to be playing on Black Friday on CBS. What has your message been to the team this week? Mine would be bring the pain. Absolutely, and for us, you know, I, I'm i a guy that I'm, I'm real laid back during the week and I get juiced up a little bit before the game. But, um, you know, this being a rivalry game, you want to treat it like any other game, but we understand the magnitude of it and, you know, want those seniors to go out the right way. So um, our guys right now are doing it for those guys, and that's the mindset that we have. And, you know, talking to those young guys and understanding, like, hey, you know, doing it for Herbig, who's, you know, who's never been to a bowl game, those type of things, you know, and understand we want to send the seniors off the right way and, you know, what better way of doing it in a rivalry game. So right now it's about those guys doing it for something bigger than themselves. How cool is this coach in this league? You just played primetime on NBC. Now you're playing on Black Friday on CBS. I mean, that's unbelievable, and I'm sure that's a message you take to prospective student-athletes too. Absolutely, and it's great exposure for the kids, right, especially our seniors who want to play in the NFL. The world gets to see them play, and, you know, uh, it's obviously a good way for people to see the product that Coach Rule is building and a guy who's proven that he can build programs. And, you know, you can tell, by the way, our guys play how hard they play and uh, how much they believe in each other, how much they enjoy playing football. So it's you know you get to see a prod- our product on national, you know uh, national spotlight of how we're doing things here. Pretty cool, uh, Bruce in Colby, Kansas. Says, Coach, what have you learned from Coach Rural, and what will you take from with you from that experience? Uh, there's a long list of things. Um, for me, it's about you know putting the players first. Everything I do, uh, it's about the players and. Um, whether I have to be here till midnight because a player needs me or I have to be up at 4 a.m. because a player needs me. It's all about the players. And we're a player-first program. And, um, 
you know, that's that's something I make sure, you know, I take to heart and my, my ringer's always on when the players need me, whether they need an Uber, whether they need a meal at night. It's all about the players, and that's one thing that, you know, I follow in Coach Rule footsteps about how he puts, you know, the players before himself. Down that same path, as I mentioned at the top of the show, recruiting opens back up here in a week, and you guys are going to scatter and go out and do the do your thing in recruiting. How much do you try to stay in touch with these guys while you're off campus? Well, I think our our, our guys do a good job of understanding, you know, what it what we have to do to make sure the program is where we want to be, and they do a great job of hosting kids, and when they see kids on visits and those type of things, they do a great job with them. So. You know, it's all about the program. It's all about winning. So for us, you know, we're going out and making sure we find guys that are our type of guys. And we want to we wanna bring in guys that want to be here. We don't chase stars. We don't chase, you know, highlight tape, those type of things. We, there's a certain type of individual that has to be in the locker room with those guys. And uh, we make sure we're looking for the right type of guys. Fantastic. We did save the best for last. You've been Absolutely. fantastic. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope you get some of Mom's mac and cheese, and mm-hmm. let's go win a game on Friday. Absolutely. Right? That's what it's about. Perfect. Good to see you, Terrence. My special shout-out. Yes. Special shout-out to women's volleyball and women's soccer. They're doing a great job, and Amazing. we're watching. Keep it going. Go Big Red. Fantastic. Both teams are having special years. Absolutely. It's kind of cool. Thanks, Terrence. Thanks. Coach Knighton with us here on our football show. Woodhouse Auto Family, your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com.